Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Karma Sense Foodcast. I'm Davey H. and this is the Plate Rate episode. It's been a busy couple weeks in the world of Karma Sense. First there was the fact-finding trip in Central America, and upon my return, the proverbial shit hit the fan, and that caused me to fall out of my weekly cadence of Foodcast episodes. But we're back now, and today I have the pleasure of having a food entrepreneur of a different stripe on our show. Most of our food entrepreneurs offer new products like reusable takeout containers or schlumpia. This time, my guest is Garrett Lang, who's found a way for each of us to find our ideal meal, even when we don't know what that may be. So let's learn about that. But first, rant. So you're traveling to some new town and you want some insight into the best restaurant for a certain kind of food. You know, you're in Kansas City and you want some barbecue. Or you're in Edison, New Jersey and you want the spiciest vindaloo you can find. Or you're in Orlando and you want something that wasn't made in Nebraska and delivered in a refrigerated truck before it was shoved in the microwave. Where do you go? Well, over a million of you each day turn to Yelp. Yelp has almost 3 million businesses on it with over 120 million reviews. Not all of them are restaurants, and that's part of the problem. Because when it comes to people who really care about food, and I assume people who listen to a show called The Foodcast do care about food and aren't just here for the poop jokes, when it comes to people who really care about food, Yelp isn't terribly helpful. And here are just a few of the problems. Review pollution. Too many reviews to wade through before you find out what you really care about. Review trolling. Reviewers who either have a thing against the business or have some other agenda like Ron Paul 2012 or links to a Rickroll site. You're welcome. Business owner revenge and intimidation. This doesn't always happen with the confines of Yelp, although stories of wicked restaurant owner responses on Yelp abound. Some owners do it in other ways, like the Union Street Guest House in New York, who has a policy that if you hold a catering event there and you or an event guest post a negative review, you lose your deposit. Then there's Yelp's Tony Soprano-level business policies. Yelpsucks.com is flush with stories about Yelp suppressing positive reviews and promoting negative reviews if business owners don't pony up for their hefty advertising fees. Now to me, Yelp sucks is a bit meta. It has all the problems of trolling and fakery that Yelp has without perhaps the RICO Act violations of its operator. But the real foodie? Or us blue-collar food lovers who don't quite qualify for the foodie league? We just want to figure out where to go. We don't care about this nonsense, and this is where Yelp and other review sites' biggest shortcomings come to light. They're not built to review food. With some exceptions, reviewers get the very same opportunity to describe their restaurant experience that they get for reviewing plumbers, lawyers, and health coaches. Yeah, Yelp has some restaurant-specific metadata like delivery yes or no, and the all-important alcohol yes or no, and the only important to goofballs like me, bike parking. But what about the spiciness level of the Thai restaurant's Thai hot Kai Yao Ma? 
Is there anywhere for my gluten-free vegan friends and my paleo friends can go out together and sit at the same table? Or does this restaurant have anything without so much spam in it? What you got then? Well, there's egg and bacon, uh, egg, sausage and bacon, egg and spam, egg, bacon and spam, egg, bacon, sausage and spam, spam, bacon, sausage and spam, spam, egg, spam, spam, bacon and spam, 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 egg and spam, 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 baked beans, spam, spam, spam and spam. Oh, lobster thermidor, crevettes with mornay sauce, garnish with truffle pate, brandy, and a Well, the information is in Yelp, but you have to wade through the pollution, trolling, revenge, and protection schemes to find it. Either that, or you have to call the place. And once you find out, you could try and improve the situation by adding your discovery to Yelp, but it'll just get lost too. All that unstructured information in the review field ends up being a waste of energy. It's a problem of granularity. It's a problem that's straightforward to fix with technology, but Yelk and its ilk, which by the way, Yelp and its ilk would be an excellent name for a rock and roll band. Yelp and its ilk have its eye on all commerce. Us food lovers have nowhere special to go. If only someone was focusing on encouraging reviews that went down to the menu item level. If only menu item reviews were a possibility. How great would that be? I know. Let's find out. Today's guest is Garrett Lang from Plate Rate, and Garrett's going to talk to us about some very interesting developments. So, Garrett, welcome to the Foodcast. Thanks, Dave. Great to be here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, Dave. I started my career as a developer a long time ago, writing software and doing product management as well. And then I graduated to product management full-time after graduating as a computer science major at Cornell and been working on creating a competitive advantage for my employers for the last 16 years and built a lot of fun, exciting, innovative products, first in the financial services industry and then later in the ad tech marketing tech space. And then most recently with PricewaterhouseCoopers and the Google Cloud Alliance, I did some work in the retail sales space, field service and workflow space. My most recent endeavor that we're talking about today is Plate Rate, which I'm, you know, the most excited about out of all the products I've ever built. And so I know we'll get into that in a bit. Okay, and so the subject matter for plate rate seems a little bit different from the kind of technology you worked on before. And this being the food cast, obviously it's related to to food. So what struck your interest to start plate rate? And while we're there, why don't you tell us a bit about what plate rate is? I would be happy to, Dave. So plate rate kind of came out of me trying to be as dedicated to finding the best food that I possibly could as possible. And so what I used to do is I would go to Yelp and look for a four-star restaurant and I would read 50 to 100 reviews and literally scan and read the full text of every review and look for some menu item that was mentioned five to six times in a positive light or more and no one was saying anything bad about. And then I would go to that restaurant, I would order that food and inevitably 100% of the times it was always really, really good. However, it took me about an hour of reading the reviews to actually get to the point of knowing what I wanted to order, which is obviously a little bit time prohibitive. So I said, hey, there's got to be a better way of doing this. I'm a product guy. Let me think of the more efficient way is. And I came up with menu item level reviews. That was about four years ago that I came up with the original idea. 
and essentially said, hey, if we just rate the individual menu items, we can very quickly see what the most popular dishes are at a restaurant. So I started with that kind of nugget, and then I've expanded the scope of what the company is doing even further. And our, our end goal, our mission is to create the ultimate dining experience, which includes finding the best food and, food and beverages, as well as helping make hospitality companies as profitable as possible so that they can continue to provide that great dining experience to customers. So there's a lot of bits of good news in there. One is that the idea came from when you had advanced your career to just eating instant ramen every night to get to go out to eat every once in a while. Uh, exactly. So that's one piece. The other is that you are starting to tackle some of the review pollution that sits within some of the food rating platforms like Yelp. Yeah. And so you're looking at a variety of different problems that those kind of platforms introduce. Would you mind talking about some of the real target problems that you're trying to fix? Yeah, there's actually quite a few, but I would say the first and foremost is helping people find good food, especially for everybody, but also for people that have dietary preferences. So you know, I have a lot of friends that are vegetarian and vegan, and when they go out to a restaurant and also people that I interviewed, you know, when I go out with vegetarian and vegan friends, I go to a vegetarian or vegan restaurant, but a lot of the vegetarians and vegans that I've interviewed say that their friends just bring them to any old restaurant. And so I wanted to solve the problem of if you're vegetarian and vegan and you go to a restaurant, how do you find the best vegetarian or vegan food at that restaurant? And so we keep track of what your dietary preferences are. And we have over 35 dietary preferences in the app, gluten-free, halal, kosher, gene. And essentially what we do is we crowdsource. So if you get people that have your dietary preferences to use the app, you'll It'll be more useful the more of your friends you get to use it. And we'll go into, there's also some incentives for uh, customers about that that we can go into later. And essentially, the idea is once, once we've crowdsourced the data amongst our users, we, someone can go to a restaurant and say, hey, I'm vegetarian. Show me what's vegetarian on this menu. We'll tell them not only what is vegetarian by default, but what they can request to be vegetarian. For example, a chicken Caesar salad you could request without the chicken. So we keep track of both of those things so that we, we can basically tell them what they are allowed to eat uh, and what they're not allowed to eat on any given uh, restaurant menu and which ones are the highest rated. And then we go even further because, for example, I could go to a restaurant and the collard greens might be the highest rated dish in that restaurant. However, I just know that collard greens are going to be bitter and I don't like bitterness in my food. Actually, I was saying I don't like bitterness in my food, my drinks or my people. I try to avoid bitterness at all costs in life. So the, the idea is if the collard greens are the highest rated menu item, we actually have functionality that asks you how sweet, salty, savory, bitter, and spicy you like your food. And what, what the system will do is it'll say, hey, Garrett, this collard greens is really highly rated, but you don't like bitter food, so we don't recommend that you order that. So even though it's highly rated because it doesn't taste like the type of food that I like to eat, it would help me avoid it. And we similarly will recommend what people should like and maybe it's not even rated that highly, but it tastes exactly like the type of food you like to eat, we can tell you that that food might be worth a second a second glance, even if it's not highly rated. So a lot of different options for searching. You said 35 dietary preferences. We ask you what your dietary preferences are in the beginning. So if you say you're you know, vegetarian and gluten-free, the only exposure you'll have in the app is to the ones that you've said you care about. So if you say you're vegetarian and gluten-free, it won't talk to you about pescatarian or the paleo diet. <laughs> you know, it'll only ask you about the things that you're interested in. So we, we definitely try to keep the user experience focused on what's important to the user. Okay. And you have four or five different taste preferences, the bittersweet, mm -hmm. salty, etc., spicy. Yep. What other parameters can people be searching on? 
how deep will you can go in their searches? That's a great question, and it's going to get deeper. I can't talk about that quite yet, but I'm going to say that it's going to get uh, more comprehensive over time. So if you stick with us as users, then you'll you'll see we're going to add a lot of great functionality over the coming months and years. But the sweet, salty, savory, bitter, spicy, we also rate how healthy food is. We also rate how nicely plated it is. Does it look beautiful on the plate? You know, some restaurants put a lot of attention to detail to what their food looks like, and some people care about that more than others. And then we also look at portion size. So I'll give an example. I'm not going to mention the restaurant's name, but I, I went to a very nice restaurant in New York with some friends for my birthday, and I ordered an appetizer. We all ordered an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert. And I left, I went home, and the portions were so small that I had my actual dinner when I got home. <laughs> and, and you know what? I, the food was good, don't get me wrong, but I don't want to like buy an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert, and then leave hungry. So for me, that, that was a, a negative experience. Even though their food was good, if I'd known the portions were that small, I wouldn't have gone there in the first place. And so I want to help people avoid that type of problem and know the portion size before they even decide to order something at a restaurant. Okay. Now, you mentioned something that has you stepping in some dicey waters here, which is how healthy the food is. How do you actually yes. evaluate that? That's a, that's a great question. And I'll say we evaluate it very roughly based on crowdsourced user experience right now. I'm going to leave a breadcrumb that we have plans on doing it much more scientifically and methodically and better in the future. But this is what we're starting with because it's the easiest thing to to start with and then we're gonna we're gonna get much better over time and so we right now we have a slider when you when you rate your food our domain name is platerate.guru and we have what's called a guru review which is like if you're a foodie like me and you like to geek out on food you rate the sweet salty spicy savory bitter healthiness uh, and you have sliders and you can say anywhere from the very healthy range to the very unhealthy range you know on that slider so it, it is subjective uh in the how healthy it is right now but we will get more scientific and precise with that over time. You also mentioned an opportunity for people to save some money by using the application. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're, you know, we're still building this feature, but we are going to offer discounts to restaurants. I can't go into exactly how they're going to work because we're patenting it, but it is pretty cool. It's a win-win type of arrangement between restaurants and customers and us. And essentially, if a customer uses our app, they will get a discount on the food at a restaurant. And essentially, if you share the app with all of your friends and family, let's say you refer 100 friends and family to the app, and they all use the app you know, twice in a month, which makes us about $10, then you would be eligible, as long as you use the app yourself, you would be eligible to a 5% revenue share of the money that all your referrals made for our company. So that's my way of giving back to customers. I've wanted to create a company that had a revenue share for customers because I just personally believe it's, it's good to give to the people who make you successful and our customers are who is going to make us successful or not. And so I want to give back to people who use the app. And if you refer the app to 100 people who use it a couple times in a month, you would be eligible to earn $50 worth of free food from our partner restaurants. So essentially, for sharing the app with your friends and family, the more discounts that they use and the more discounts that you use, the more free food that you earn for getting discounts. So you kind of win on both ends. And how much does it cost for somebody to subscribe to this application? I Actually, my team members did want me to charge for it, but I really feel like we should just make it as accessible to everybody. So the app is completely free, no fees whatsoever. And I just ask that people use it and get the discounts and try lots of good food and 
help us help you find really good food. And that if we can do that, that'll make me happy. If someone did want to actually start using it right now, what's that process like? So very easy. You just go to www.playrate.guru. We're working on iOS and Android apps right now. The iOS app is almost done and going to be launched hopefully in the next few weeks. The uh, Android app is probably going to be in the next few months. But right now, it's just a responsive website, so it works really well on a mobile phone. So you can basically use a mobile phone or a desktop and just go to www.platerate.guru, P-L-A-T-E-R-A-T-E dot G-U-R-U. And basically, anyone can get started using it right away. We have over 40 million menu items pre-entered into the system. But there are still a lot of restaurants where we don't have menu items. And in those cases, you would just add the menu items yourself. Just say, like, it's on the dinner menu, and it's a pasta, and it's a spaghetti carbonara, and then, you know, you can say the price if you want, and then you'll be able to rate it once you add it yourself. So if people go to www.platerate.guru and sign up now, they have the opportunity to put in some of the initial data that'll get this ball rolling. Exactly. And the more friends and family they can tell, the more reviews there will be in their area. And and that's really what we want is to get a lot of reviews in the system so that we'll be as useful as possible for our customers. Are there any geographic restrictions? That's a great question. There are actually no geographic restrictions whatsoever. I will say that the 40 million menu items that we have that are currently in the database are in the U.S. and Canada. So the, the app actually works globally. I've tested it in China, Israel, Russia. So I've tested it fairly extensively during my global travels, and it's worked in all those places. It should really work all around the world. Outside of the U.S. and Canada, you'll always have to enter your menu items, but the, the app should work perfectly fine everywhere. Our restaurant database is pretty comprehensive throughout the world. How can people learn more besides just signing up for the app and track your progress? Signing up for the app is the best way because then we'll have your email and just opt into the marketing messages through email and we'll be sending emails to customers as we release major features. We have a very exciting roadmap, which I can't talk about because there's a lot of competitors in the space, unfortunately, but I will say we have a a lot of really exciting functionality coming. I'm really happy with what we have but we're going to make it even better as time goes on the other thing i wanted to mention as far as like solving problems just so that people people are aware is we're also very big on pictures so you know i know a lot of people really want to see pictures of their food so that's a big part of the app and very prominently featured in the app is if you go to a menu item on a restaurant you can see pictures of that specific menu item right away so i just wanted to mention that as well i have signed up for a plate rate i do not feel like i'm being spammed seem very protective of people's email addresses we are. We're, we're really only sending things out when we have major releases. So we haven't sent any emails out to users so far. You know, we just launched the site about two months ago, and this is kind of the beginning of our marketing efforts. We haven't really you know, had a, a big push in marketing yet, but we're going to be starting to do that now. And so as we develop major features, like once our, you know, our discounts are available, we'll, we'll send an email about that to let people know so that they know they can start getting discounts at restaurants. You know, and I would encourage people, if they want to see discounts at a restaurant, let the restaurant know that they should reach out to us because we're happy to work with as many restaurants as possible. And any kind of suggestions coming from customers and from us, we're going to do our best to get as many restaurants in our network as possible. But, you know, we'd love to hear about restaurants that people want us to put into our network as well. Garrett, in your own using of the application, has there been anything that surprised you that you didn't know, but the application was able to discover for you? I was just looking for a sandwich and then I can't describe the sandwich as well as I'd like, but this completely gourmet sandwich came up. And I was at a conference and I just had to go to that restaurant and get that sandwich. It was caramelized onions and blue cheese. And it was just a very gourmet, ridiculously good sounding sandwich. 
And I had, like, I was expecting a prêt à manger kind of sandwich. And so that was a great experience to be able to find something that's unique to us is to be able to say that I want a sandwich and show me the best sandwiches in this neighborhood. So, you know, searching for sandwiches on the app found that sandwich that I would have, you know, never necessarily had any other way of finding other than through the app and being able to search at the menu item level for the food that I was craving. And I ended up getting a much, much better quality sandwich because I used the app. Playwright, I was able to find something for you you didn't even know you wanted or existed. Yeah, I, I knew I wanted a sandwich, but I definitely was not expecting one that good. <laughs> okay. okay. Before we close on this, anything else that you'd like to share with the audience? One thing is I'd love to hear from users about other problems that we're not solving today that we might be able to solve in the future. And we have a feedback button in the app and, you know, I really value customers' feedback. So I'd love to hear about other problems that people have when they're dining out and, you know, what would create the ultimate dining experience for people. I'll give you an example of one that we're trying to solve that was a problem for me. I'm married now, but before uh, when I was dating, I set up a, you know, a date at a restaurant uh, with a young, young woman and we met at the restaurant and it turned out to be a restaurant that had four bar stools. And I was like, yeah, we're not going to stay here because this isn't a date spot. But I had no idea that it was that small of a restaurant or that that's what the seating was like. So what I did is I put into the app the ability to say how many people you can seat at a table, how many people you can seat as a group, and how many people you can fit into the restaurant. And so we're crowdsourcing that data now as we work with partner restaurants. So they'll fill it out for their restaurants. But the idea is if you go to a restaurant that wasn't quite what you expected, you know, I've been to a restaurant that'll only hold 15 people. And if I have a group of 25, I obviously can't go there. I've also wanted to go out with a group of eight friends and gone to restaurants that only have benches of six people. And so they couldn't actually seat us together. And we ended up having to go to another place last minute. So those are the types of, you know, that, that's another problem that I'm trying to solve by helping people see, like, how many people can you sit together at a restaurant before you actually go there? In addition to that, we rate restaurants on noise level, ambiance, how classy is the ambiance, how clean is the restaurant, which is important to a lot of people. Also, what's the service level like? And we rate service separately from food because I've seen a lot of Yelp reviews where something will be, you know, one star and they'll say the food was terrific, but the service was terrible. And for me, I don't really care about the service that much. I mean, I like good service, but it's much more important to me whether the food is good or not. And so we keep our food ratings separately from our service ratings. So that way you'll know whether the service is good at a restaurant or not, whether the food is good or not, and whether or not that restaurant's you know, ambiance, cleanliness, et cetera, are conducive to what you're looking for. So our goal, again, part of the ultimate dining experience is being in a restaurant that you're comfortable with and that you're happy with and where you enjoy the experience. And so we want to try to make sure that people enjoy every dining experience that they go out to and that they always get food that they're happy with. Okay. Well, uh, thank you, Garrett. It seems like you're setting up an environment where people can totally geek out on developing the eating experience that's most meaningful to them. And so yep, it'll, be, absolutely. it'll be exciting to watch this as it develops. And uh, people in the audience can go to www.platerate.guru and start playing around with the system in infancy, <laughs> but with a lot of new exciting features coming. So thanks so much, Garrett. Thank you, Dave. So, let's take PlateRate for a test drive. And any of you can do this too. The app is live. But I put screenshots up on the show notes. The first thing you do is navigate to platerate.guru. If you just search PlateRate with no space in the Google machine, it'll be the second link. The first link is for a directory site that has PlateRate listed on it.
or just enter platerate.guru, P-L-A-D-E-R-A-T-E dot G-U-R-U. That's right, there's no .com or .net. Welcome to 2017. You're invited to search at that point, but for full effect, you should register. The registration asks for your email, and once you submit it, you're sent a confirmation email with a password, a link back to the site, and it's signed by Garrett. Be sure to archive that email so that you can say you knew Garrett back before he hit the big time. Select the link, enter your signed password, and a new password that works for you. Yes, I suppose your password could be password, but don't be surprised if some Russian hacker commandeers your account and destroys your reputation by saying that you like Arby's. At this point, you can fill in your profile. The more you fill in, the better plate rate will help you. You can fill in the mundane stuff like your name and location, but you also have opportunities to describe your preferences. Remember those 35 dietary preferences? Garrett wasn't kidding. Sure, vegan, paleo, vegetarian, and gluten-free, but what about kosher? Nut-free. Not just nut-free, but almond-free. Jane. High-fiber. High-fat. Man, you people are picky. For fun, I pick vegan, even though long-term listeners know that's only an aspiration and not my current state. There are a bunch of other preference widgets, including ones that have sliders for sweet, salty, umami, bitter, sour, spicy, presentation, portion size, and value. And these are sliders that allow you to set a high and low tolerance for each of these parameters. They're not sliders like little sandwiches that are inexplicably popular and for which the only justifiable time and place to eat them is 3 a.m. at White Castle. By the way, White Castle? They're in plate rate. Once your preferences are added, you can start using the system. When you go to the search page, you start to see the real innovation. Because you can search by restaurant, but you can also search by menu item. Remember, Plate Rate is in its infancy, and we're the ones who have the opportunity to influence its content and direction. Because it's so young, the bulk of the user data is from Garrett and his circle. So for now, to get a feel for what's in there, I'm going to search for noodle dishes in Chelsea, New York. When I do, I'm rewarded with a bunch of options, and I see that my second option is vegan noodles with mock duck. I select that option and look at the reviews. Among those reviews is a very helpful one from Jody, who gives the dish four and a half stars and says, Tasty and flavorful vegan soup. Very generous portions. The best part was that it tasted different from anything else I've had. Sometimes restaurants don't get vegan. This one does. Now this saved me time. If I look in Yelp, it has over 300 reviews for the very fresh noodle restaurant that has this menu item. Yelp will let me refine that search and see what people say about the vegan noodles with mock duck, but first I have to know to search for that. PlateRate helped me discover it. I didn't even know it existed until PlateRate told me. And PlateRate also told me that Tingly beef noodle and La Mei Taiwanese beef noodle soup are other winners on the menu. My beef-eating friends and I can all be satisfied. So that's the search size but I don't live in Chelsea, and noodles aren't my Jones. In episode 7 of the Foodcast, listeners learn that I live in a neighborhood of biscuiteers. Within half a mile radius, there are seven purveyors of gourmet biscuits. So I search in plate rate, and sadly, only one of them shows up. 
and it's a restaurant I refuse to patronize. This is the Karma Sense Foodcast. I know the owner of that restaurant. I refuse to patronize it. Karma. Meanwhile, one of my favorites, and a winner of the Foodcast Biscuit Challenge of 2016, isn't returned in the search. I search for the restaurant, Junction Bakery and Bistro, and it's in the plate rate database, but the menu isn't. Garrett's continuously working to auto-populate the menus, but here's where I can lend a hand. I add one of the Junction Biscuit offerings to plate rate, along with information such as pricing, value, and a review. I also upload some pictures, and I submit it. Now when I do my biscuit search, Junction floats to the top. I look forward to monitoring plate rate's progress. It's moving in a direction that supports everything I believe people need and want to begin a healthier diet. Readers of the Karma Sense Eating Plan, available at Amazon and wherever else things are sold before Amazon buys them too, all profits donated to Alice's Kids. Anyway, those readers know that healthy diets come in all shapes and sizes, and that a successful healthy diet is one that conforms to your tastes and lifestyle. Plate Rate gets that too. Furthermore, a University of Pennsylvania study, Go Quakers, really? Quakers? You're going to intimidate the other team with a bunch of conscientious objectors? Anyway, a Penn study found that people who selected what they were going to eat at a restaurant in advance tended to consume 5 to 10% fewer calories than people who chose on the spot. So, even though I'm skeptical of Plate Rate's target desire to rate the healthiness of a meal, at least while it's depending on crowdsourcing to achieve it, I still think it can be a tool to help drive healthier and more satisfying food choices. And that brings episode 43 of the Foodcast to a close. Thanks again to Garrett at PlateRate.Guru for joining us. I hope you sign up for a service and encourage your friends to do the same. It costs you nothing. You won't get spammed. You'll be on the leading edge of the next development in the foodie movement. And you may score some sweet restaurant discounts, even if your preferences are set to avoid sweet. Thanks also for tuning in. At the opening, I mentioned the shit hitting the fan. It has. In a good way for me, but a bad way for the Foodcast, a show I started almost a year ago. I have an avalanche of new gigs opening up that allow me to explore my never-ending, irrational, unnatural, and insatiable curiosity about food. It's an offer I can't refuse that puts me deep undercover in the world of being healthier, being happier, and saving the world. I do love doing the show, and I hope I can figure out a way to come back to it, but at least for the next several weeks, like Eminem versus Papa Doc, I'm outie. I put a comment form on the show notes, because maybe you have some ideas to relieve some of the heavy lifting that's required to do this show. That is, if you want me to still do it. I could make it shorter, say 15 minutes. I could do it with less frequency. I could drop the part with the guests. I like having guests, and I can't imagine listening to just me week after week. But it takes a lot of work to corral them cats. So let me know what you think. But until next time... I think we need to go back to the words of wisdom of Foodcast episode number one and remember what your old pal Bozo always says. What does your old pal Bozo always say? Just keep laughing.